0: And welcome back to another episode of the On the Sideline podcast of Jackson and Kyle. I am Jackson, and I'm joined here, as always, by a man whose biggest question is, will he ever win the uh, Pick'Em Show? Kyle, Kyle, how are you doing? Uh, that
1: was a little uncalled for, but I'm doing good. Uh, going to win the it's Pick'Em Show question. this year. It's your biggest question. It is what it is. You know, uh, you know I- I'm blocking out the haters. I'm going to win this year. I'm not worried about it.
0: Uh huh. I mean, you know, 0 for 3, it's getting, getting a little tough. It's almost like a Buffalo Bills type situation.
1: You know, I, I've been in the lead at times throughout the years and I've been behind at times throughout the years. I'm never going to change. I'm still going to, I'm going to find a way to win one. All I need to do is get the Super Bowl right.
0: Uh huh. That's true. Yeah. You get one, the flags fly forever. Yeah. That's all that matters. <laughs> yes. Kyle. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about every AFC team's just biggest question. Uh, what's their biggest question? What is, uh, you know, maybe what the season is, you know, hindering on or just, you know, a, a fascinating topic of discussion throughout. Should be an interesting video as we're, you know, uh, getting to the point where soon we will be doing our previews.
1: Yeah, we're getting to the point where, <clears throat> you know, we we start to look at this really tight. You know, it's going to be... uh you know we're breaking down all these rosters. We're going to talk about some of the guys on the fringes and what does that mean for the uh, for the teams this season. So we're getting close to that point. Got a few more questions I think to answer this off season. and then uh, we could start collectively losing our minds about our picks.
0: Yeah. Uh right. Uh, you know, should mention next week we will do the NFC. That's the way this works. Also coming at you at a weird time, uh nine o'clock this time. Just did that's just a you know, we had to do it this uh week due to uh you know life getting in the way and stuff like that. But we will be back at five next week. So, you know, that'll be our typical time. But for now, uh, you know, uh, nine is what we're doing. So uh yeah, you wanna just get into it?
1: Yeah, let's dive right in. Are we going in the same order we did for uh the last
0: couple weeks? I believe so, yeah. So I have the uh AFC East, then North, then uh, then south and then west.
1: Uh yep, yeah, that's what I got. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Uh so let's start off with the Buffalo Bills. Why don't we? Um my biggest question is can Josh Allen carry this Bills offense? I think this is kind of an underrated maybe a bit of a tough situation that the bills currently have i don't love this offensive line obviously Diggs is very good i like gabe davis but i still have some concerns about their uh, receiver depth on top of it so this offense really feels very josh allen dependent and now he can certainly carry them to some degree but my question is just how much
1: yeah uh i didn't you know i i tried not to go quarterback for every team So I didn't want a quarterback centered Mm -hmm. question, but mine's kind of of the same vein of who is the next step playmaker to step up because Mm -hmm. they need one badly. Um, You know, and I'm not overly, although we're hearing some weird stuff about Stefan Diggs, potentially this preseason, we'll see how that all plays out. But, you know, Gabriel Davis, is he ever going to be better than, you know, I think he's solid, but is he any better than what he is? They're going to hope to find somebody new for that slot position And then it's Damian Harris, James Cook, kind of a rotating backfield. They drafted Dalton Kincaid. They really need somebody else to take some pressure, I think, off Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, or we're going to need a mammoth Josh Allen season where he's an MVP uh like you're basically you were saying can he carry this team so it's going to be one or the other can he carry this team the distance can he do that can he play at the highest level he can consistently throughout a season because we see the glimpses we've said it before on this podcast at his very best there may not be a better quarterback than josh allen in the game at his very best but it's not consistent enough to be considered the best in the game and that's our biggest problem with josh allen as a whole or if not do we have a secondary receiver who could really step up? Could Gabriel Davis take another small leap? Can Dalton Kincaid be a real playmaker this season? How's that going to look?
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. And, you know, uh, I, I should mention, I also tried to not pick uh, quarterbacks. You really could pick quarterback for every single uh, you know team if you wanted to. Uh, so I tried to just save her for it was really good. But to me, it, it, I think we're both kind of on the same page, even if we just phrased it differently. Of, it's more about the, you know. Uh, you know, is Cleo Shakir going to step up next year? Is Trent Sherfield, who I thought showed flashes in Miami last year, is he going to have a good season? Uh, stuff like that. Is Can receiving core really round out? And also, again, I don't love this offensive line. So uh, that's my that's my my question is, and again, a question isn't just this is bad. A question also means there's a chance it could be good. There's a chance those guys could could step up, which is why it's a fascinating topic of discussion.
1: Yeah, and obviously the big thing is this, you know it's not like this is going to be a make or break thing to this seems good or bad. But the question is, can the Buffalo bills win a super bowl, which is obviously what their goal is.
0: Mm-hmm. And they're
1: close. They are close. I mean, despite how it's ended the past few seasons, I still think they're pretty close to Kansas city and Cincinnati. So, This is just the stuff on the fringes. It's going to be the difference between them losing in the second round again or them potentially winning a Super Bowl. And it's going to be someone like Dalton Kincaid having a couple big catches in the playoffs or Gabriel Davis coming up with another big game.
0: Yeah. And, oh, breaking news, Uh, the Deagle in the chat saying, I heard Kyle is replacing Shannon Sharp on Undisputed. Kyle, congratulations.
1: Oh, man. We're still running with this bit. (laughs) Not happening, man. Not wow, happening.
0: our our sources uh Kyle's refuting the sources, but you know, uh who knows uh what is actually happening behind closed doors of Kyle and Skip Bayless. The Miami Dolphins, next up on the list. Uh I have Xavier Howard as my biggest question. A guy who okay. at his best has been an all-pro caliber player, but we've seen real inconsistency from him, and I I I'm betting on him to have a good year in the Vic Fangio scheme. I think that's going to help him out a lot. And I I, I think he's going to bounce back. But that's a huge question because if he does bounce back and if he is an all-pro level player with Jalen yeah. Ramsey being the number one corner, this is a Super Bowl contending team potentially. To me, a lot of it rests on Xavier Howard.
1: Yeah. Uh, once again, we're kind of in the same vein. I didn't highlight Xavier Howard specifically, but he's a huge part of this because that's what he does. Um, can this team succeed? Can this defense succeed without turnovers? You know, And I think that was a big thing that happened last year that we kind of forgot about. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, we gave it a large pass because the secondary got so hurt by the end of the year. And I think a lot of that was fair. Like, there was a lot of injuries to that secondary last season. But we also talked about how good this defense was in 2021 and 2020, 2019. In 2021, they were ninth in turnovers. In 2020, they were first in turnovers by a pretty good margin, too, if I'm not mistaken. Last year, they were second to last. So mm-hmm. I, I think that played a pretty huge part in that defense's success. And Xavier Howard's one of those guys. He's a ball hawk back there. He he thrives on turnovers and making plays with uh, with on the ball. So can this defense succeed without turnovers is my biggest question. Because, I mean, maybe they get the turnover luck again. Maybe they're top five in hurt takeaways this season, and it's all fine. They're going to be a great defense. But if they're middle of the pack, can this defense succeed?
0: Yeah. Can Howard question- succeed? Right. Uh, the other question about the Dolphins that I also considered, uh, but again, trying to avoid quarterbacks, but it's Tua's health and how Tua stays healthy. I think that's going to be something we're all going to look at closely.
1: Yeah, that's a huge part of it, too. I mean, mm-hmm. This this offense was electric when he played and, you know, mediocre-ish when he didn't. So, uh, you know, they're going to need him on the field to stay healthy. That's how they're going to win games. Once again, it's one of those things where, yeah, if Tua is healthy, they win a lot of games but I think a lot of it is this defense has to be a lot better for this team to compete with the very best.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kyle, what about your team? What what was your biggest uh, question heading into the 2023 season?
1: Uh, Like I said, I wasn't going to do quarterback for every team, but I do feel like quarterback's the biggest question with the Patriots. You have to do it here. Yeah, it's will the real Mac Jones please stand up? Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of problems going to his rookie after his rookie season. He looked very good in his rookie season. Um, You know, his numbers wouldn't blow you away, but there was a there was a pathway that looked like it you were going to at least have a pretty decent quarterback in that spot. Last year was a disaster. There's been a lot written, a lot talked about and you know, everyone's gone ad nauseum about how bad the offensive system was last season. So he gets another chance here in year three. Can it be fixed? Can this work? He's not, he's going to have a lot less excuses if it doesn't work this season because the offensive line gets a little more experience this year. I actually like this offensive line because they didn't go out and get a star like McGlinchy or anybody at tackle, but they got three really nice tackles in that room all of a sudden. Basic, basically for the price of one. Their interior gets a lot better as well. You know, they they still have, you know, they actually upgraded at tight end. So there's not a lot of excuses left for them. And the biggest one, obviously, is they're gonna have a competent play caller this season, someone who knows how to scheme and knows how to script plays. So there's no excuses for Mac to fail. And can he fail? Will can he succeed, or will he fail again? I think it's going to be the biggest question.
0: Yeah, hard to argue. Uh, you know, hard to argue anything else. I think that we we kind of know what I feel. I, I feel pretty confident what this Patriots team is going to be outside of the quarterback position, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for this defense this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm really excited to see. There's been a lot of good talk about Christian Gonzalez in OTAs. Take it with a grain of salt, only mm-hmm. OTAs. But he's also someone I had as my number one corner in the draft. So it's not like I'm like, you know, rewriting history would say, oh I'm excited for Christian Gonzalez. I liked him in the draft process, too. And I think he's going to be a really talented player. This team develops talent at the secondary position really well. You know, there's a lot of speed that they haven't had in recent years in this defense. I like that. I like some of the moves they made at pass catcher spots. I think they got a pretty decent roster but quarterback kind of drives the market in this game you know quarterback is the most important position and we've seen really good teams fail with bad quarterbacks so
0: it's 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 the biggest question for this team Speaking of really good teams failing with bad quarterbacks, that was the <laughs> Jets situation last year. How's that for a transition? Uh, it's been a Jets Jets uh, issue uh, several times. Uh, to me, I, you know, I was looking down this uh, roster, and it's it's a very good roster. There's not a ton of issues. I thought maybe tackle uh, that could use tackle like that could be you know one of their biggest uh, question marks. I kind of wonder how Aaron Rodgers is going to fit in here. To me, that feels like the biggest question. And again, I know it's quarterback. I know it's kind of an easy narrative, but I think that's. Uh, the, the question is how is Aaron Rodgers, not necessarily is he going to play, how well is he going to play? I think he'll still play well, but just how is the fit going to work? And how is he going to be able to learn the system and all that stuff? And it's not, 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 let's say learn the system because it's hack it, but you know, uh, fit in with the new players and stuff like that.
1: I mean, who is it that said I'm not undisputed now? Uh, the, the Deagle. I can go full undisputed here with this segment and okay. Aaron Rodgers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you used to hear back in the day when it came to baseball, especially because baseball was king. In the mid 2000s, early 2000s, that sort of thing, the 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 conversation on baseball was: Can you handle the pressure of New York? You know, mm-hmm. it's a different sort of market than everywhere else. It's a different sort of atmosphere than everywhere else. And I mean, let's be honest: if you're going to judge Aaron Rodgers over the last couple seasons, the way he's handled the media, the way he's talked to the media, it didn't seem like someone who would really want to sign up for New York. Right. I, mean, I think mm-hmm. that's a very clear, um, I, I don't think that's a wild accusation to say. So can he, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny under his game, a lot of scrutiny under his performance. And there's going to be a lot of games too where he plays well and they lose and it's not his fault and he's still going to get scrutiny for it. So I think that's going to be a big question for him, you know, along your point. I agree with that. How is he going to fit in, not just with this team, with this scheme, with this system, but how is he going to fit in with this environment? playing for this team, you know, not that the Packers are like small market or or, it is a small market, not that the Packers are like this tiny franchise. Obviously it's one of the winningest franchises in NFL history that has a lot of pedigree, but you know, there there's also a different level of pressure playing for a New York team, even if it is the jets.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well said. I'm excited. I can't wait.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, my only, my question actually was, um, can the offensive line help Aaron Rodgers too? Mm-hmm. You know, I I I do think this roster is pretty good. Um, I don't think this offensive line is very good though. And especially, you know, it seems like, you know, I don't know who to bet on to be healthy for this offensive line. So I do think Aaron Rodgers and quarterbacks like him. I think Brady did this too. They add a huge amount of help to an offensive line just because they manipulate defensive lines with their calls, with their um cadence, all that kind of stuff. Everything that gives them a huge their offensive line a little bit more of an advantage, but Aaron Rodgers is not as fleet of foot as he used to be. He's not going to be able to evade rushers as well as he did it in his prime. How can this offensive line keep him up?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a it's a good point. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where if if it's healthy, it wouldn't necessarily be that bad. You know, I like their guards of Lakin Tomlinson and Elijah Veritaker. Uh, you know, uh, but Makai Becton, uh, who, you know, he could never stay healthy. Uh, Dwayne Brown's uh, collecting social security. Uh, and then you have the, you know, the, the center of Joe Titman who you know, was a second round pick and I didn't love him as a second round pick. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if they're all healthy and all live up to their potential, this could be a really good offensive line actually. But that feels like a big question.
1: Yeah. Um, we need some big performances and I mean, I really love Makai Becton in the draft process, but I can't bank on him to stay healthy at this point.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, the AFC North. Now we're going with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals who I am going with their, uh, their young secondary players feels like Mm -hmm. year after year. We're kind of like this secondary feels like it's kind of just getting patched together a little bit. It has some concerns. It hasn't really been a huge issue yet, but like, you know, uh, Cam Taylor-Britt had a very inconsistent rookie year. Definitely, ha- you know, not a bad rookie year. But can he really, really, I think he's the main guy that I'm interested in. Can he come in and just be a good number two corner? Because if he can, uh, you have a Awuzie, who I think should be good. You have, you know, uh, Mike Helton, who can be a third corner there. It should be good as long as Taylor-Britt can come in and be, a, you know, do what he did. Uh, sort-, sort of towards the end of last year for Cincinnati
1: uh yeah i we are lockstep on this one i said can the young players in the secondary step into the spotlight because it's not going to be easy for them they got some tests this year um you know and came taylor Britt, i think is a huge part of that he's gonna you know i thought he was really good for a rookie you know and i thought mm-hmm. by the end of the year he was playing really good ball you know i thought you know there was some lumps along the way but that's expected for a young corner um mm-hmm. so i thought that was a big part of it but This team also had the best safety duo in football. Now you could say, how important is the safety duo? But I do think with the way Aaron Rumo ran this defense and kept those guys deep and, you know, they were protecting these corners at all costs, especially when Awuzie went down. How is this team going to succeed without Von Bell and uh, Jesse Bates? You know, Daxon Hill is another guy they drafted very highly, have big expectations for. I guess it's going to be Nick Scott at safety. So it's just going to be, how is that duo going to perform? It's going to be a big question.
0: Well, I mean, you can't bet against Nick Scott.
1: I mean, are you kidding me? I think you can. I think it'd be safe to, uh, you know, have some questions there.
0: The the great Nick Scott.
1: Yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, because <laughs> that's the thing, though, right? Like, you could say, like, oh, how do they, you know, how does Irv Smith replace Hayden Hurst? That's not a very exciting question. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, that's not a very important question either. Um, You could also say, like, you know, the the tale as old as time. Can this offensive line hold up? I think this offensive line is going to be fine. I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, It really just comes down to this defense succeeded with their secondary, not making mistakes, and half of that secondary is now gone. How do they they prevent that from making mistakes?
0: Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, you know, definitely – fascinating to see what happens there let's go to the Ravens the Ravens uh who to me their biggest question is and I'm going first for all these I apologize but that's just <laughs> you know how I do this uh I'll throw some to you in a second uh my question is the receiving core uh, which has been the yeah. question of the Ravens? For, really, it hasn't been a question for a while. It seems like with the Ravens, because just we knew it was going to be bad heading into the season. This is the first year I think it's a legitimate question of how good is it going to be. It could be actually good if everyone lives up to their potential. You added Odell. I, I like Devin Duvernay. Uh, you know, I, I like uh, Rashad Bateman when he's on the field. It's like there could be some really good players, and this could be really successful. But there still is a lot of questions there. I don't feel great, but really any specific receiver uh, other than Mark Andrews, who isn't a receiver, uh, you know, honestly, uh, maybe the two guys I feel most comfortable with saying, yeah, they're going to be good next year are both tight ends, Andrews and likely. So uh, that's not to say that, you know, I- I'm assuming someone else will play good, whether it's Bateman Odell or someone else, but it's just, it's a huge question.
1: Yeah. It feels almost too good to be true right now, right? Like we've mm-hmm. been saying for years and years, why can't this team add skill, position, talent? Why can't they get more, you know, more dynamic on the edge? And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, they, they've assembled this really good offensive line. They had this weird situation with Lamar Jackson in the offseason. And instead of, you know, punting on it and saying, okay, we'll trade Lamar because he wants to be traded and, you know, start over. They go and get Odell Beckham. They go and add Zay Flowers. And all of a sudden Lamar, Lamar Jackson's back on board, you know. He mm-hmm. played this right, it seems like. So yeah, I mean the the question I have, is this offense now good enough to win in the postseason? You know, because the question is, I guess if if they're good and they win a lot of games in the regular season but fall short in the postseason, what's what's next? How do you fix right. this next? You know, I think that's the biggest question I have going forward. But they've assembled this roster. Now the questions are going to be like is Odell Beckham still good enough to be the guy? He was still pretty good when he was with Los Angeles, even though he was a number two. He was still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a knee injury ago, though. Is Dave Flowers ready to step into the spotlight? A lot of people really liked him in the draft process. Bateman's shown some real flashes. Can these guys come together and form a competent receiving corps? It is a big question.
0: Yeah. And we have seen Odell struggle, uh, you know, with the Browns. He never found the chemistry with Baker. Now maybe that's just Baker Mayfield. That was a weird thing. I don't know. But we have seen history of him not fitting with certain guys as well. So it's just, it's again, I'm not saying it's, I'm not betting against it. I'm just saying it's, you know, we'll have to see how it goes.
1: Yeah. There's still questions here. You know, Zay Flowers is not a hundred percent knockout pick, right? Right. There is a chance it doesn't work. Uh, And you know, Odell Beckham had a knee injury and is not getting you know he's over he's on the wrong side of 30 at this point you know can't can those guys hold up and you know make this work and Bateman's got to stay on the field too so it, it's it's a tough look for the Ravens but also this is probably the most excited they have to be about a receiving core in four or five years
0: yeah you could also go with the uh, cornerback uh, depth for the Ravens but as hey, the Ravens they'll figure it out
1: yeah, I'm not too worried. Sin's <laughs> gonna play at like a top ten corner level somehow.
0: Yeah, e- exactly. Uh, let's go to the Steelers, Kyle. Uh, who do you have? Uh, as we, what? What's your biggest question for the Steelers?
1: Uh, can a real number one option make the leap? They've assembled a nice. They they've accumulated a nice level of talent on the offensive side of the ball, right? Like you just go through the list and it's like okay. They've drafted pretty well at receiver with Deontay Johnson, George Pinkins, Pat Fryermuth. They They wanted Najee Harris to kind of be that number one guy, that Belkow that hasn't really worked out the way they wanted. They bring in Allen Robinson, which I think is a good flyer. But can one of these guys, you know, take that leap to the next level? Because a lot of games are won on the outside now, man, and they need one of those guys to kind of perform and do something relevant. So that was my biggest question. I do have a few other questions, you know, can – can Joey Porter Jr. and Patrick Peterson hold up? You know, is that good enough cornerback duo, and is that a stable enough cornerback duo? Uh, but I do think the number one option our offense has to have the most.
0: Yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, you know, uh, hey, maybe maybe could we get a, uh, an Allen Robinson, uh, you know, return and have him uh, play decently well? I don't know, probably not, but there, there, there's some options here, I suppose. I still went with Kenny Pickett. Uh, I think that, you know, the next potential decade of this team could revolve around Kenny Pickett. Uh, So I think that his development and what does he do after having a good rookie year? How does he develop forward from here? To me, that still is the most fascinating question for the Steelers.
1: Yeah, uh, and I think his I think his performances were better than his numbers indicated. But Mm. still, you want those numbers to get a little better, too. So we want Mm. to see a little bit of a leap here in year two. And I think also a pass catcher would help. I stake my claim that I think George Pickens has superstar potential. I think that he could make this leap this year, but they really need to see that leap. It can't be theoretical. I,
0: I thought also about uh, saying, uh, could TJ Watt finally play as good as Miles Garrett? Just to let the oh comments gosh. section, uh, you know, uh, go go out.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're 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 gonna we're gonna clip that out for you and uh, <laughs> post that online. That's what's gonna happen. But you know, yeah. it's gonna be interesting because I I do. I do like this Steelers team. I like what they're doing. I like how they're building this roster. But I do think this year I just have some questions. Is it is it too soon to expect too much out of George Pickens? And, you know, <clears throat> they lost talent in that secondary. Can that secondary hold up? All of this is going to be questions, I think, heading into next
0: season. Yeah. It, it blows my mind still that the Steelers won 9 <gasps> games last year, right? That that, that still doesn't, that doesn't sound right.
1: Especially when they started Mitch Trubisky.
0: <laughs> yeah, intentionally. Like not because yeah. of an injury.
1: Yeah. That was that was on purpose.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Cleveland Browns to round out the uh AFC North. Again, I'm going quarterback here. Yeah. Uh it's it's the only uh <clears throat> I believe it's the only other quarterback I have left on my list. Spoiler alert. But I mean, how can it not be Deshaun Watson here?
1: Yeah, that was my number one question. Um, I had another one that I was thinking about, it and I was like, maybe if I don't want to do quarterback here, I could do it. Maybe I'll ask it at the end here. But, yeah, I mean, they they have to fix this situation. They have to hope he's back, you know, that after a preseason, after an offseason where he's able to work out with the team, everything is fixed because they've invested far too much to get the 35th rated quarterback at a 39 on PFFs rankings, right? Mm-hmm. They, they paid for a top five quarterback and getting top 39 quarterback. That's not acceptable. So they, they have to get this better. I I said last season, i basically giving him a pass. I think I said it after his first game that I'm just not caring about Brown schemes for the rest of the year. We'll see how it looks next year. And I gave him a pass. But now he's got to perform because now, now he's the $250 million man with expectations. So that is going to be the biggest question for them this year.
0: Yeah. If he comes in and just sucks, like, what do you do?
1: You can't do anything. You traded yeah. what three first rounders mm-hmm. and you paid him 250 million dollars guaranteed. You're screwed. Yeah, you're actually screwed.
0: <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, no, it, it's completely, uh, it's it's completely up. You know, that's that's by far and away. I mean, that's it's literally a franchise, you know, question, uh, for is altering question for the next like three, four years at least. Yeah,
1: and this was a team that was like, you know close you know we we really liked how this rock team was building its roster and what they were doing and they scrapped a lot of that to put it all in on Deshaun which the last time we saw De- Deshaun play absolutely would have been worth it but we haven't seen that guy in a few years it's still there
0: yeah I guess the other uh you know there's some smaller questions like the you know uh could Denzel Ward have a bounce back year? that that would be a you know that's another guy who's kind of been up and down. What will we see out of him next year? That's another smaller question.
1: Well, I did say I said what the hell happened to the defense? it's uh-huh. like the, you know, I know they they were another team that had some injuries last year, but that roster was still too talented to suck. Yeah, and they really stunk on defense, and I didn't get it. And yet, I know Miles Garrett had the accident before the season, and I think it hurt him a little bit, although. He was still the number one graded edge rusher, so obviously didn't hurt that much.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: there was still way too much talent on that defense to be as bad as it was, you know, even beyond him. So uh Ward is a big part of that, but you know, they've added Dalvin Tomlinson and Zadarius Smith. They've added uh, you know, this is a good team all of a sudden, all over again. Um, you know, this is gonna be this this is probably gonna be a team where if if Watson has a good preseason. They're, they're probably going to become the trendy Super Bowl pick.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, what'd you do for the Jaguars? Uh, I just said was last season
1: was the end of last season real or a fluke? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, not really roster things like, uh, you know, the 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 edge rushers, the pass rush is still I think the biggest roster question for this year, and we touched on that last last uh, two weeks ago when we did their off season grade. You know. I do think that's the biggest positional question is can they get a pass rush? But I just, you know, we've seen teams find, you know, find some, find a groove at the end of a regular season, go on a little bit of a run. And then we get really excited for them for next season, saying, this is the year they make the leap. We're putting them in the Super Bowl conversation. This is the time where all these young guys come together. And then it kind of just falls flat. And they're like, oh, yeah, that team went eight and nine. And then they traded all their best players, you know. Not that they're gonna like trade Trevor Lawrence or anything, but can't was was the end of last season and the way they performed real? Or was that a fluke? Can they can they do it And, you know, do, they should dominate this division based on what we saw the last four or five games of the season last year? They should dominate this division. Can they go and do that?
0: Yeah, you know, I think people kind of forget the AFC South was the worst division in football last year. It was worse than the NFC South. Uh, you know, but the difference was kind of the Jaguars. They felt like they were, you know, they won their last five games of the season. So it sort of felt like they were, you know, hot at the right time uh, and a better team heading into the playoffs than winning a playoff game after being down a billion points as well. Certainly, you know, helps with that. For me, my biggest question is Trayvon Walker. Uh, I think that, you know, you touched on it, but it's just, We, you know, we predicted he was going to be a project. He wasn't going to come into the league and dominate right away. Fuck. He was way too raw of a player, but now you've had a year and now it's like, okay, what can we see from you? I don't need him to come in and be a superstar right away. I don't need that to happen from him, but for me to really feel okay about him as a player, I at least need to see something this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a big question. They've invested a lot of resources in him. The number one pick, in fact, Mm -hmm. that is a big ask you know, you really need that. There's not a lot of teams that can say they blew the number one pick and still turned out okay. Right. And, you know, they could have blown this pick. And that's a huge problem because that it's their biggest position in need right now too. It's not like it's a, uh, you know, it's not like a receiver they could hide or anything. Pass rush and the ability to get to the quarterback, outside of Josh Allen, who's terrific, you know, that's their biggest position in Eden. They haven't addressed it outside of hoping that Trayvon Walker gets better.
0: Yeah. And we'll see if he does, uh, you know, there's, and again, great power beats up on bad players. That's the first step.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to beat up on the bad players and then get a little better against the good players and then dominate the good players. Like you do the bad players. So, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting because, you know, they, they are the trendy pick this off season and, they were two and six at one point last year, man. Like, <laughs> like it, it could have easily have gone just the South and they don't make the playoffs. And then what are we talking about Jacksonville this year? You know, we're not calling them division favorites.
0: Right. Definitely. Um, Let's go to the Titans. Why don't we uh, Titans? Uh, my biggest question for them uh, is there, you know, there's, I mean, there's several questions you could have. I have the offensive line, though. Uh, the offensive line, and my question isn't, will it be good? Because it won't. But could it be not terrible?
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if that's realistic. They paid yeah. a lot of money to um, what? Is, uh, Andre Dillard, who is, um, you know, not the not very good. You know, no. He he was. You know, if you're bad on the Philadelphia offensive line, you're really bad. That's just yeah. kind of my opinion. Uh, um, <laughs> but that's too me You know, they drafted Skaronsky, who I think could help a little bit, which, you know, maybe the interior with him, with Brunskill, is good enough to hold this team up. And, you know, they Oconquo is also, you know, a pretty good pa- blocking tight end, I think, uh, too. So it's just like you you have some things there. So maybe it's not a disaster. But I, I still think, like you said, it's going to be bad, and it's not going to help. Yeah. Um, I said, "What if this is the year Derrick Henry fought off the cliff?" Because mm-hmm. it's coming. Like mm-hmm. as much as we love Derrick Henry, and it's mar- its marvelous to watch him play football because he's so, you know, it's so almost like to steal a basketball term—he's like a unicorn. He's giant. He's built yeah. like a defensive lineman, you mm-hmm. know. And he can run like a safety. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. he, you know, it's a special blend of talent there. And he's been good for so long. And once again, he was the seventh best running back in football last year by PFF standards. So if you go back the last, what, one, two, three, four, five years, he's second, seventh, first, 17th, and then seventh. So, like, I don't know what it. what happens if this is all of a sudden it. Because we've seen he's never been a big yards per carry guy. But we've seen it progressively get a little bit worse, a little bit worse, a little bit worse. What if this is the year he can't break those tackles? What if this is the year he doesn't get that extra burst, that extra five yards? Because, I mean, if it doesn't happen for him this year, is this the this could be the worst offense in football? Because it's all built around his success.
0: Yeah, and it's different than you know they had that year where he got hurt, Henry got hurt, and the Titans still were able to. They looked, I felt like they looked worse, but they still got the one seed that year. Uh, yeah. but I, I think that that I think that team could kind of afford a key injury much more than this team can. And I'm not to say that you know he would get injured, but if he falls off a cliff, I think it would hurt them more this season. Yeah, uh, it's it's a real concern. On the flip side, though. You know, we talk about the Jaguars as clear favorites. Is there, can't we just see sort of, and maybe the biggest question is, can Mike Vrabel pull uh, Mike Tomlin here and kind of just find a way to, you know, we've seen him kind of uh, get his team to sort of win games or at least be in games. They had no business winning. Uh, could this be a scenario where he can maybe really show what kind of coach he is?
1: This really is the Miami heat of the NFL. Like this team just doesn't die. Uh-huh. Like like the uh would I be sh- so basically are you saying would it would I be shocked if this team wins 10 games and is in the playoffs as the four seed? No, sure. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. No, I would not because yeah. this team doesn't die. Uh and you know, I don't I say that it, I say that with admiration. I don't say that, you know, as a knock, because it's because they're really well coached, they're really well disciplined, and they just kind of do the right things, they do things the right way, and you know what? for all the talk about the offense the defense is probably going to be nasty next year. This looks like a really mm-hmm. good defense that's built too. So, yeah, I think they can lean on their defense and win a lot of football games next year. But it's just hard to see them doing anything on offense if Henry's not healthy. Because like you said 2 years ago he got hurt, Dante Foreman ended up working out. He was he was a godsend for them as a backup running back. They still had AJ Brown. They don't have those pieces anymore. Now maybe their depth pieces Still work, maybe Tr- Traylon Burks all of a sudden is a stud that they were hoping he would be. Maybe one of these backup running backs is you know ends up carrying the load and doing just fine. But you know, how many times is that going to keep working for you, especially when you built your whole offense around this guy's skill set?
0: Yeah, uh, we have a chat. Uh, how are the Titans consistently the most boring team year in and year out? It's really remarkable. Uh, no one doesn't like Tennessee.
1: Yeah, I mean. They they have their brand that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not making it's not making the number one screen on Sunday Ticket very often, but it wins football games. That's all they care about.
0: Yeah, hey, uh, they'll gladly be be boring. And when they had they basically were in the playoffs last year before Dobbs fumbled the football and it was a, a defensive touchdown. I mean, they' yeah. you know they probably should have won that game and won the division last year.
1: Yeah, and that that could also circle back to our Jaguars question. They were a Josh Dobbs mistake away from, you know, missing the playoffs entirely, and they were yeah. also a Chargers collapse away from getting blown out in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think all that kind of ties together.
0: Yep, uh, definitely. But you know, they also had players who made those plays, so it, go- it goes both ways. Uh, yeah. What you have for the, what you have for the Colts here?
1: Uh, just how long is this franchise going to be patient? This you know for all all the fun I make fun of the Colts because it was a rivalry at one point, point. Uh, and it was a fun rivalry. You know we mm-hmm. had Brady and Manning going at each other, so let's not act like it wasn't good years. It was mostly good years for me, but you had some too. Um, Two
0: thousand six, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: uh, but look, I mean, I I do think this offensive line is going to be a lot better next year. Uh, I do think Jonathan Taylor is going to be better next year. I like Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman. So I've gone through all this. I do think that they can be a little bit better, but this is just a team that historically has not been bad or not had, you know, decently high expectations at least. Um, So, you know, they, they were very, they were willing when Peyton Manning got hurt to say, you know what, we're going to throw away this season. And it worked out because they got a generational quarterback out of that equation. They weren't prepared to be bad last year and they were bad and it didn't work out how, you know, they drafted Anthony Richardson, who I think the consensus across the board was he's super talented. He's going to take more time than any other of those first year quarterbacks. You know, Mm -hmm. all those rookies, he was going to take the most time to develop. Is this team willing to, you know, be kind of bad another season to make sure Richardson gets the development. He needs to be ready to be, a good player in the future. You know, it, it if Richardson, you know, struggles to start, then show sign of life and they win five games. Are they content with that? Or are they going to be looking to change course again?
0: Yeah. Here's what I would do if I were to Colts. Uh, weeks like one through four, I'm giving Jonathan Taylor 40 carries a game. Uh, let's <laughs> bolster up that, uh, that trade stock, trade him for as much as I can. Uh, and then, you know, uh, just, you know, lose a bunch of games yeah
1: i mean that's that that'd probably be a good strategy but you know are they going to be willing to want to trade jonathan taylor too you know that's not mm-hmm. kind of outside of mccaffrey that's not really the trades that ever happen in the nfl
0: yeah which is weird because i think teams should trade like if you're a rebuilding team who has a good running back that should be the first thing you do is trade the good running back like that should be like yeah. okay we're good we're a bad team but we have a good running back let's just you know obviously we get rid of the running back
1: Honestly, the NFL makes absolutely no sense with the way they utilize their trade deadline. That should uh-huh. be where you're selling. You know, the Buffalo Bills should have had a running back at the trade deadline in the last three years. And right. it feels like, you know, what, why wouldn't they be willing? You know what? Oh, should we get Jonathan Taylor and really compete for a Super Bowl or worry about our first round pick next year? You know, they're going to take Jonathan Taylor at the trade deadline every time over a first round pick. It's just silly.
0: Yeah, Jonathan Taylor is my biggest question for the Colts. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, two years ago, he was getting MVP buzz. I, I, I'm not just saying that, like, oh, some <laughs> random person said he would win. He was legitimately getting MVP buzz. I believe, you know, if you remember that famous, uh, you know, scandal where one of the MVP voters said he wouldn't vote for Rodgers because he doesn't like that Rodgers is a jerk uh, for MVP. Uh, he said that it was between cooper cup and jonathan taylor for him i believe he voted for cooper cup to win mvp weird guy weird weird situation to happened there but right. uh you know last year taylor wasn't great uh you know it, that's just the reality of the situation taylor was out there for you know over 500 snaps it's like he didn't play last year maybe the injuries factored in but he's a if if he's an mvp candidate again this is a team that could you know th- that's at least a very key piece maybe you get rid of that piece and use it to rebuild but it's at least a very key piece and a you know an asset you have on your team that we thought they would have last year and didn't yeah
1: yeah it was a weird year i don't understand it because you know i just think you look across the board at this team like you don't view any of these offensive linemen as bad either you know but they Mm. all didn't play up to our standards for them right when, when did you ever expect to say Quentin Nelson was the 20th best guard in football? Right. Like that just felt unheard of, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, if you look through that roster, it's, it should be a lot better on the offensive of the ball than it was last season. And especially like Michael Pittman, I thought made a substantial leap. Alec Pierce, I thought supplied some nice flashes for a rookie. And our biggest question for the Colts for years was pass catcher. And now it feels like the only sure thing
0: which makes no sense. Right. Definitely. Um, To round out the uh, AFC South, what did you have for the Texans?
1: I just said, how can they maximize CJ Stroud? You know, Mm -hmm. the only thing that matters is they need good quarterback play this year. They don't need to win games. They don't need to worry about winning games yet. They need to focus on developing this team and developing the young players on it. And there are a lot of young players on this team. You know, John Mechie is going to be a guy who's featuring on this team at receiver. Damian Pierce had a very good rookie year at running back. There's rookies on the offensive line. There's young players across the board, and the youngest of which is C.J. Stroud, who they're starting at quarterback. And, you know, I think everybody kind of looked at it. Uh, They also had Kenyon Green, too, who was the worst-rated offensive guard last year, but they took him the first round in uh, 2022. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's not good. Um, You know, (laughs) uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, C.J. Stroud is going to have to – succeed in this offense and they got to figure out a way to allow him to succeed with not a lot of talent. How can they protect this kid? How can they not just throw him into the fire or, you know, throw him into the deep end and hope he's able to swim. I guess that's probably the better uh, metaphor for that. How can they protect him at least a little bit and give him a life raft?
0: Yeah. Uh, good stuff. I went to fact check you on the youngest player and yeah, uh, by, about uh, by, by a month younger than uh, Willie Anderson. There you go. CJ Stroud. Uh, Kyle, you know your stuff.
1: Uh, I prep. I prep a little bit. You know, I put an hour in.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, the uh, I also had. Can they put Stroud in a position to succeed? I think that's the question. You know, the the Brandon Cooks trade I think made all of us kind of say, Well, what are we doing here, Houston? Uh, it, but luckily, we know that Houston always has a plan, and they, you know, they're t- an organization you can trust that they know what they're doing.
1: <laughs> uh, I've railed on Houston too much this offseason. I can't make fun of them. That being said, like for a team that's been notoriously impatient with this rebuild and firing coaches year after year, they went with a young quarterback and they went with a young head coach. Like you got to get the, you got to give these guys at least two or three years and they have to give Stroud two years because they traded their first round pick. They can't re up with the quarterback next year. So they have to give the guys, these guys a chance to succeed and it's going to be hard to succeed. It's going to be really hard to succeed for the next couple years.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll see where they go. Even if Stroud hits, I think they might be, uh, you know, still in a bit of a tough spot. But uh, A 4-1 definitely...
1: season is a success next year, if Stroud's good. Possibly. And that's probably what's going to happen.
0: Hey, you know, one of the nice things is typically when you're rebuilding, you, you won't root for your team to lose, but now uh, you have no reason to do that because you gave away your uh, first-round pick. <laughs> what a shit show. <laughs> oh, gosh. This
1: is going to be a disaster.
0: <laughs> Let's move <laughs> on. Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, from, you know, one of the teams, you know, two very different, I mean, man, think about the way that these two teams have gone in that 24, nothing game, uh, when the chiefs came back, (laughs) really, I mean, you know, one has gone just straight up. The other has gone straight into the ground. Kansas city chiefs, uh, you know, listen, uh, a lot of good stuff with the chiefs, the chiefs expectations are winning a super bowl. If they go to a super bowl and lose, it's a bad year for them at this point. My question is their tackles. They went out and paid uh Jawan Taylor a lot of money, a ton of money, very much money for Jawan Taylor. Also, it looks like Donovan Smith is slated to be a starter as well. Uh don't love that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh that that's concerning. Um, like I said, you know, we touched on this a little uh two weeks ago too. He is a better pass blocker, but it's a lot different pass blocking for Brady than it is Patrick Mahomes. You know, mm. one's gonna throw the ball quickly and one is quite simply just not um you know mm-hmm. so it's a it's a different situation that being said i see the plan but the problem is their plan involves paying not good players good players money and mm-hmm. i never love doing that so yeah i see i see the concerns with the tackles i see the concerns here and we're just going to see if it works because we have spent a lot of time questioning this in the off season but you could also probably say nobody coaches offensive line better than Andy Reid over the last two decades of football right so we're going to test his medal and his staff's medal of being able to work this group because, you know, Jawan Taylor is athletically phenomenal. He really is. But we haven't seen it translate into good football before. Is it going to work in Kansas City? It could. I wouldn't be shocked if it works because they are that good at everything. Um, but we just haven't seen these guys play good before.
0: Yeah. Jeremy says that Smith and Taylor are greater than uh, Brown and Wiley. I think Andrew Wiley might be the, uh, the second best player out of those four. <laughs> am, 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 I, am I wrong? I don't think that's a crazy take.
1: Uh, Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean.
0: It depends I on how it... much you value Juwan Taylor, who just can't run block, but is a good. It's like a, you know, like what a top like a, 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 like a, a B level pass blocker.
1: Yeah, I think I take Taylor because mm-hmm. they're not going to run the ball. So who cares?
0: Nah, yeah. uh-huh. but he's still not. I, I get it. it, Taylor. Taylor, and I do agree. I think Taylor in this system is going to be. He's going to have is probably his best year uh, for Kansas City. Still don't know if you pay twenty million dollars a year for that, but I think he's going to be a fine player for them. But Donovan Smith is just a total wild card. Also, apparently they're going to have like I, I've heard they're thinking about having Juwan Taylor play left tackle and Donovan Smith play right tackle. Uh, why are we doing this?
1: Wait, what? No, that makes no sense. They never <laughs> played those sides. We'll <laughs> Wait, see how that goes. Good luck to you. I mean, maybe Andy Reid's a genius. I mean, he is a genius, but yeah. maybe he he just is more of a genius than everybody else. Um, yeah, we'll see. My question for Kansas City is, can this team continue to hit on the fringes? Because there's one of those things where, you know what? They have Patrick Mahomes. With Patrick Mahomes, they're probably going to be Super Bowl contenders for the next decade. But I think one of these things that we keep talking about when it comes to um, dynasties and continued success is teams' abilities to hit on the fringes because guess what? I witnessed it for 20 years. The Patriots hit on the fringes all the time, and that's how they kept winning Super Bowls and kept competing for championships and kept being at the highest level. The second they stopped hitting on the fringes, they stopped looking like a Super Bowl contender, and that's when Brady left. You know? They're paying a lot of money for Patrick Mahomes, rightfully earned. He is the most valuable player in the league. They're paying a lot of money on Juwan Taylor, which we just talked about is a bit of a wild card. They're paying a lot of money for Travis Kelsey, rightfully earned. He's one of the best tight ends of all time. They're paying a lot of money for Chris Jones, rightfully earned. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. But part of the reason they were able to win the Super Bowl last year is everything on the fringes they nailed. They nailed their draft last year. They nailed their signings. They let Tyron Matthew walk. They brought in Juan Thornhill that worked and it hit on the money. All that stuff worked over and over and over again last year. Can that stuff work this year is the biggest question. They're rolling with Valdez Scantling on the receiver spot. Can he be good enough to be that outside receiver? Can this Kadarius, Tony, Roche Rice, Sky Moore trio of receivers be a good ter- tertiary option on the offensive side of the ball? Uh, Can George Karloftis make another leap here, make a leap here as he's taking over this starting edge rusher position? Yes, Frank Reich was overpaid, but, you know, he was still a piece of that puzzle. You know, can Karloftis step into that role? Thornhill's gone. They come in and bring in, you know, they got a couple options there at safety. How does all that come together? Can, you know, if it comes to the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, all of those kind of have to work out.
0: Yeah. Uh. Well said. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know. I, I. Again, I'm interested in seeing like how Brian Cook kind of. I'm assuming he's gonna be the guy who really gets a bigger role as well as a second year player. Uh. Who you know uh, they liked out of the draft. Uh. You know. As at safety. Yeah. Uh. It should be interesting. I mean, the reality is. This is kind of a great situation for Kansas City, even if they didn't have an elite quarterback, because of all of those young players, like young contributors that are they're basically paying nothing for. They kind of have like a, a second rookie contract window almost because of that draft they had last year, although I didn't love this offseason.
1: Yeah. Yeah, even if you didn't love the offseason, you can't hate the results of what they had in the past. I mean, you know, we talked about how bad this defense was at times a couple of years ago. All of a sudden, you look at it like Lejarius needs a really nice outside corner to have. Trent McDovey had a very, very good rookie season. You know, you you look at that linebacker core with Nick Bolton at 23, Willie Gay Jr. at how old is he now? 25. And, you know, you go through that list, that's a nice linebacker core with Chris Jones, with all these pieces. There, There's all of a sudden quickly a very nice core of defense here for Kansas City as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, the chargers are next up on the list. Uh, I put JC Jackson, uh, to me, that's the question who, who I, you know, uh, seems like his, uh, real rehab is going. Okay. If you remember got paid a, a huge deal after being a great player by the Patriots, it's very rare. A player of his caliber hits the open market. Everyone's saying, Bill Belichick, what are you doing? Played 244 snaps. It was terrible. He legitimately didn't even look like an NFL player when he was out there, <laughs> uh, got injured, and so, if he can come back and be J.C. Jackson and be great with well, Asante Samuel Jr., who I thought uh, really showed some flashes uh, at developing in his second year, this could be uh, a potentially great defense. You know, you think about the the way that this defense is designed to have stars, the way that Brandon State likes to have you know have that work. You have the you know edge rusher tandem of Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa. Like, they're never going to stop the run well. They don't want to stop the run well. They're actively trying to not stop the run well. But uh, if they could be a great, uh, you know, pass-stopping team with this offense that has potential to be very good, the Chargers could be great. So to me, J.C. Jackson is a huge question.
1: The wild thing is, too, is they were top 10 in defensive dropback EPA last year. And that's with paying a crap ton of money to a corner who barely played. You know, mm-hmm. could you imagine if J.C. Jackson bounces back and is good next year with Derwin James, with DeSante Samuel Jr., all those pieces, all of a sudden you're looking at one of the better secondaries in football. So it could be huge to add a guy like J.C. Jackson back into this defense because, like you said, they are never going to be a lead at stopping the run. Um, And shockingly, the Sebastian Joseph Day and a couple other guys signings did not make Austin them elite. Yeah, did not make them an elite run defense. I wonder who was saying that all offseason.
0: Who'd have thought? Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, you know, but it'll work if you have a top five secondary in football, right? Like it's okay mm-hmm. to be bad stopping the run if you're also a lead against the pass, which they have a potential of being if JC Jackson bounces back. So I agree. That is a big question. Um, it was not my biggest question, but I think it is a huge question because. The way this defense works is they start from the secondary up, and this secondary has to be better. Even yeah. better.
0: Yeah, no. Um, very fascinating. Is this a great example of why, hey, if you have a need, don't just go out and spend money on that need willy-nilly just because you have the need. Like, uh, you know, with the defensive, getting not very good interior defensive linemen and paying them $10 million a year. Like, uh, you know, m- maybe don't just do whatever to fix that need. Maybe still be smart about it.
1: Yeah, that would help. That would help. I agree. Being smart about things generally works out well, not just in football, but in life. Better to be smart about things than not smart.
0: We are pro-being. This is a pro-being-smart podcast. So do as as we say, not as we do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Definitely don't do as we do.
0: Yeah, people are like, we heard your Zach Wilson takes. Clearly, this is not a pro-being-smart podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. My biggest question for the Chargers is, uh, will these offensive changes work, you know? There's a lot of talent assembled on this offense. And if you look across it, they had another receiver, which I thought was nice because Keenan Allen and Mike Williams got hurt. But the play calling was such a disaster last year. And I thought I thought Justin Herbert really propped this offense up a lot better than what it was last season. And a lot of that was because he has superhuman traits. If it's a better play calling with Kellen Moore, can this team make the lead? Because everything we just said about the defense is true. They need this defense to play better, to – Compete at the highest level. But at the end of the day, this team's winning games through its offense, and they've assembled a really nice offense, and they can't have lackluster play calling with it.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other question I think you could argue is the Trey Pipkins of it all, the other guard who, uh, you know, looks like, you know, with Slater back, four very good offensive linemen, but Pipkins, who he's not terrible. Like he's someone who, like, he's probably a top 64 tackle in the league, but he's probably like, not much better than that. Uh, so, you know, he's someone who actually I just uh, PFF has him ranked right at 64. So there you go. Uh, that's, you know, that's kind of where he's at. So it's like not a disaster, but you know, that's a weakness that maybe could be a concerning uh, potential. So I guess that's one other thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah.
0: All right. The Raiders. Uh, I wrote their entire defense other than Max Crosby. <laughs> uh,
1: that sounds about right. I said, mm-hmm. what the hell are you doing? Uh, you know yeah well as soon as this team becomes close to being interesting every time they go and just punch us right in the face and say no fun you know (laughs) i don't understand what's going on here they've got like 40 some players and then they got a bunch of scraps i don't understand what the point of this team is what exactly is your long-term goal here um i just don't see the plan i don't see i don't see the course of execution here other than you've assembled a very Josh McDaniels looking offense, which I don't know how much that's going to work.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to be a mess. Like, I don't think they're going to go in and like not be able to win any games. I think their offense should be solid. Uh, I, I, you know, I kind of like the offense, but like, uh, the defense, it just seems really concerning. And again, you think about a team that has, you have Josh Jacobs, uh, debatably the best running back in football, Devontae Adams, debatably the best wide receiver in football, and Max Crosby. I'm sure there are some people who debate him as the best edge rusher in football, but you know he's at least that elite tier. Uh But they just can't really, you, know, you have, usually the difficult thing is getting the core and then building around the core. Like they pretty much have a core other than the quarterback. Uh, it's, but but then, I don't know, they just kind of, they did. I've never seen a team do this. with the Raiders did. I don't think I've ever seen a team do like this. Uh, like we're gonna intentionally just get like once move back one space.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed bizarre because like they did all that to trade for Adams, and then you know, uh, the offensive line's what Colton Miller and four Pringles chips basically. Like, I just don't understand how this team's supposed to succeed. And yeah, the defense. This is another team where I said it a little bit about the Vikings last week, and that might've been a little unfair. This could legitimately be the worst defense in football next year. And they have a premier player at probably the premium position in the league. You know, they have Max Crosby. They have Nate Hobbs. Is there any other blue chippers on this team? I don't really think there are, especially on the defense side of the ball. I don't love any of these uh, guys.
0: I think we did this another podcast. I think Daniel Carlson was the other one.
1: Yeah. But defensively, specifically outside Mm -hmm. of Hobbs or Crosby, Like, are you excited about anybody?
0: You're not excited about uh, number one corner Duke Shelley? No. You're not excited about uh, maybe, uh, you know, Chandler Jones? Uh, <laughs> he can catch a pass from Jacoby Myers. He can't
1: catch a pass from Jacoby Myers. Thank you. For- now, they're teammates. Um, yeah, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm not too excited about anybody. Jerry
0: Tillery plays. breakout season? Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh this is i mean i don't know this is rough it's rough linebacker core there's no safeties H- how did you trade how did you cut jonathan abrams and get worse at safety
0: <laughs> a fair question a fair question that that's the real question uh biggest question for the raiders how did they do that
1: uh yeah i don't know uh why are raiders fans getting mad in the chat right now like you you can't be excited about this defense there's no way you can look at this defense and be excited
0: They'll be interesting. The Raiders are always interesting.
1: Yeah, sure. Interesting. That doesn't mean good. Like, no. come on.
0: Like, but the, I don't think they'll be the a really mess. Hard. I just don't think, they, I just think that they basically intentionally said our ceiling is nine wins for as long as we keep doing this.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, mm. I don't even know. I, I just don't see how they get stops this year.
0: Yeah. The, no, it's going to be tough.
1: The, you know, if you ran the ball away from Crosby the entire game, you'd probably score 40 points. Because that's how bad everything else is.
0: Yeah. Uh, CJ says, put some respect on Marcus Epps. Uh, fine. Sure. He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on. The Broncos. This is an obvious one for me. Uh, it's even the thumbnail. Can Sean Payton fix this team?
1: Yeah. I, I I just said, can you save Russell Wilson? But it's in the same vein. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean... They, they paid they paid Sean Payton a lot of money to fix his team. Um and the thing is is like I don't think this roster is bad. Right. They're bad in key spots. Mm-hmm. And like they don't have elite receivers. Like they have good receivers, they don't have elite receivers, except for Tim Patrick, who's now healthy. So
0: uh-huh, there spots. you go.
1: You know they have Sertan. Okay, so if you look at, you know, if you say the key positions in football our quarterback, receiver, corner, edge rusher. Who are you really banking on outside of Patrick Sertan to be good? Frank Clark. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. kind of like the time,
0: to be honest. But, I mean, obviously he's not going to be like yeah. an elite edge rusher.
1: I mean, him and Randy Gregory are nice flyers, right? Like, yeah. That, th- those are two guys you can really kind of say, okay, take a chance on him. You know, z- outside of that, though, I just, I don't know. If you if you say those are the key positions in the game, you basically have Sertan and then you you kind of like Garrett Bowles, and you kind of like Randy Gregory. That kind of just feels like it.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I would say I thought I mean their defense was legitimately great last year. I mean, what yeah. the way that it was able to keep them in games they had no business being in was great. And I think that the 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 optimistic side of me for the Broncos says Sean Payton is one of the few coordinators out there who seemingly can coach up a bad receiving core. feels feel like very few guys can do that. Usually if your receiving core sucks, your offense is going to suck. That just is what it is. Uh, he's one of the few guys who's actually had success with not the best receiving cores. Um, and, you know, like, listen, I think, you know, if this receiving core is healthy, it's not a bad receiving core at all. Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick are a fine one, two, three combo. It's just, you know, they struggled to stay healthy last year. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that, The hope is that if guys can get open consistently, can Russell Wilson get back to being Russell Wilson? And if that happens, there's other holes in this roster, but there's very few rosters that don't have the holes. That's what can allow this team to look like a real contender like we thought they might be after last season.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a chance and you know, just touching on that receiver core too. Like it's like, you know, Sutton has played like a top 20 receiver before. It's been a few years, but he's played at that level. Uh, Jerry Judy has pedigree you know it wouldn't shock me if Jerry Judy does take a leap under Sean Payton so so maybe that works but yeah I mean it, it has to it has to be seen you know we have it's still theoretical with those guys and like you said if they can play better Russell Wilson will play better if Russell Wilson plays better this team's going to be a lot better because like you said they are good on the defensive side of the ball but you you, you really need this offense to take a leap forward.
0: Yeah, they also did spend a bunch of money getting Ben Powers and Mike uh, uh the two offensive linemen, to try to build up. Uh, you know, which should be a good offensive line, except for Lloyd Cushenberry. Why? Did, wh- why did the Broncos do this? Where they just drafted a third round center and they said we're just gonna have this guy be our franchise center? Like it's, it's, he hasn't been like anything special, or anything. They're just like this is our this is our, our strategy.
1: This is the year he takes the lead, man. <laughs> Here it comes. Better watch like, he's not, out.
0: He's not terrible. I don't. I just find it so funny how they just like put this, literally the the least amount of research they, they just wrote their name on the test and handed it in
1: uh yeah maybe <laughs> i don't know it'll be interesting but yeah i mean the there are pieces like would it shock you if this team wins 11 12 games next year
0: um no no There, that's definitely uh i mean it wouldn't shock me if this team becomes a championship contender next year like, I, as in like i'd be surprised a little bit, but like it wouldn't be like the crazy. Like I can easily see a path. If you told me the Broncos play in the AFC championship game next year, I would like, oh, okay, Sean Payton, like, you know, uh, you know, Russell, Sean Payton kind of got Russell Wilson back to being Russell Wilson and the defense played really well.
1: Yeah, that's what you'd have to bank on, which isn't a guarantee with Russell Wilson, but I don't know. It feels like crazy things that happen. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy what happened to Russell Wilson these last two years, especially last year. You know, it's just, it's got to be better. Otherwise, this is another one where, kind of like Cleveland, where if he's bad again this year, what do you do? It's over, right? You're just screwed.
0: Yeah. I think we didn't talk enough about how Nathaniel Hackett didn't even make a full season as a head coach. Like, that basically never happens. Urban Meyer was, like, a weird exception. Like, that almost never happened where a coach doesn't even get a full year uh, and a coach who didn't kick kickers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's certainly uh, was a concerning development, and he got a job there like almost immediately too. That's the best part, you know. Mm. He just got hired, and nobody cared. Oh, great hire by the Jets, getting the guy who couldn't make it five months with his team.
0: <laughs> well, you know, uh, Aaron, this sort of Aaron Rodgers. It's being Aaron Rodgers' friend is a pretty good, uh, you know, a pretty good spot to be. in. pretty good career path.
1: Oh man, really? I don't know. I guess Aaron Rodgers. If you're available, I wouldn't mind a cup of coffee. You know, I could use a job.
0: Yeah, maybe you'll get on uh, Skip and Shannon uh, that way. Oh God, I uh, <laughs> take it back. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is our show. Uh, uh, you know, everyone. Uh, Kyle, let me you find us on Twitter before we head out.
1: Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter. That is at Jackson Kruger. Make sure to follow me at by Kyle Gronin. and make sure to follow the account page at On the Sideline JK at On the Sideline JK
0: of course back audio only podcast anywhere you get the audio only po- uh anywhere you get your podcast uh search on the sideline podcast uh it should be available there uh Kyle you want to do a little bit of uh you know we had two sports end uh in the past couple of days you want to talk about hockey and basketball for a bit
1: yeah yeah sure go ahead let's get into it um which one do you want to start with
0: uh, let's start with let's start with the NBA uh for a bit i think that there's you know i know you obviously you follow us very closely so, I I, guess, I don't know. Uh, wh- where do you want to start with this?
1: Um, I mean, this has to be considered one of the most impressive playoff runs of recent memory, right? Like, obviously, you could go, LeBron's in a different stratosphere, you know? When we talk about LeBron James, like, it's just a different conversation comparing him to normal people. But there is not very many opportunities where we see a guy lead the NBA playoffs in points, rebounds, in assists like yeah it was that Mm -hmm. impressive and you know i think there's all of a sudden become a revisionist history where it's like oh well they played three playing teams of course they were going to dominate and it's just like okay obviously that lakers team was a lot different than the team that would have been the seventh best team in the west like obviously the heat went on this crazy run and rightfully got to the you know the nba finals because of it you know to say that it was just because they played play-in teams, I feel like it's disingenuous to what the Nuggets did and how impressive they were in this postseason.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think everyone will say, like, you know, there's always an element of luck to winning a championship. Like, sure, you could argue that it's lucky, but at the same time, like you said, yeah. Uh, I don't see why Boston would have fared that much better, uh, you know, clearly. Oh, they would have
1: crushed Boston. They would have beat them in four games, too. I mean, that team... uh uh-huh. I Never. that. Ne- that team's so small-minded right now. I can't stand them.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I didn't realize I stepped up uh it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh hop on an issue there with that. But uh the, you know, uh, just as a whole, I don't know. Uh so where how do we view I feel like when uh Giannis won his championship, we kind of all said, "Okay, it's Giannis's league now. This is his. He's he's the next guy. Is Jokic that guy now?" Uh, it feels
1: like it's a, uh, it feels like it's definitely a conversation. It it would be hard to argue against Jokic as the best player in the league right now. I mean, I think that, I think it's hard to have this conversation now because for so long, like I said, for so long, we put LeBron at the top of the league and said, there's no debate. And like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a debate. He was the best player in the league. He, he could, you know, do everything it's you needed to on a basketball court. Any any counter you have for him, he had an answer for it. I think now we, we're we living in a post-LeBron world, even though he's still in the league. you know He's not the best player in the league anymore. Where, okay, there's not this undisputed guy who's got absolutely zero fatal flaws. Like, as good a defense as Jokic played in the postseason, there still are a few flaws in his game. Especially, like, I think quicker guards still give him issues. That's why he had so much trouble in that Warrior series last year. I know Murray... And all those guys were injured last year. Um, you know, he still has some defensive issues that I think could be attacked by certain teams. Giannis, I think, has some issues in the half court on offense, and that's why they struggled at the end of games this season because they couldn't execute down the stretching games because his jump shot just isn't there. It's not. A, it's not an effective jump shot. It's not a good half court offense. It's a bit of a problem. To me, right now, I think you could disguise some of Jokic's flaws easier, and I think that's what. <clears throat> probably puts him over the top as the most dominant player in the league because offensively, there's no no stopping him. It just seems like there's no counter to what he can do. And then you can mask a little bit of his mistakes on defense
0: yeah uh as for the other side, the with the heat, uh, Jimmy Butler got uh you know, I saw people uh g- giving him some criticism after a tough game five performance. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts? because I mean, Jimmy Butler's kind of thing, right is that he's the guy who shows up in the big moments. So does this hurt him at all that he had a bad game in uh you know clinching a loss? I,
1: I don't know, like I can't really blame him for it. I just didn't think they were a good enough team. All mm-hmm. postseason, like I picked against them every round, like, uh-huh. yeah, uh, you know, so it's just like that they, they won a lot of games because Jimmy Butler played out of his mind, which he is a very good player. He's a, you know, he was a second team all NBA. So by metrics or by voting, he was a top 10 player in the league this year. So he's mm-hmm. a very good player. And Miami got unbelievably hot from the three point line this postseason. Those are the two things that led to their success along with playing good physical defense, which they do every year. So, like, can I blame – do I blame him for, you know, being so good for three rounds to get this Miami Heat team to the finals and falling short there? I don't know if I can really blame him for that. Like, his body broke down, it seemed like, and they took advantage of the opportunity that was given for them.
0: Yeah, I also thought, too, it's like some of these plays, like people were getting on him for, like, these missed passes, but it's like someone that was like – when there's nowhere, it's almost like what we talk about in football, right? When your receivers aren't getting open, like you're not going to look good. Like when when you can't yeah. get the ball to anybody, like yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have some turnovers.
1: Yeah, I mean he he definitely that that late game turnover to K, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, that was a bad turnover. And mm-hmm. I thought by the end of the postseason, he wasn't looking to get his layup as much. Like he would drive and then look to pass rather mm-hmm. than take his shot sometimes, which I think played a part in it. But at the same time, like. I can't hate on him that much when he got to this point when I literally picked against them every round. Like, how much yeah. can I hate on it when they did that? When they, they blow their 3 0 lead to Boston and he goes and beats their ass in game seven? How much mm-hmm. can I really hate Jimmy Butler after all that?
0: Yeah. Uh, did you even have, uh, who'd you pick? The Bulls or the Heat? the bolt. <laughs> I
1: actually bet Chicago that night you know, Okay,
0: because I was gotcha.
1: so, out, you know, they were so bad in that Hawks game, the heat. And I was just like, there's no way they're going into Chicago and meeting them. And then Chicago's up in that game late in the <laughs> right. game. It's just like that. We were very close to Chicago being in that playoff spot. And how much does that change? Everything we have about this team, which is so weird about this Miami heat team, because very much like the Tennessee Titans, this team just never seems to die year after year. They're right back here in the conversation.
0: Yeah. uh, We could talk about the uh, hockey as well. Just, you know, uh, tough. First off, uh, my heart goes out to anyone who's listening, who's a Panthers and uh, Heat fan who had the deal with their teams losing and back them. I, I would just if, if that happened to me, I would not be podcasting for a while.
1: Yeah, that was a uh, I guess they lost them both in five games. So maybe it's, you know, it heals it a little bit. They had no
0: chance. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I do think about two. It it's like so that means you lost eight games in a span of what, like 12 days?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was something along the lines of the Heat lost. I'm trying to think of the number because they finished the season like they finished the season three and seven. Okay, and we're in the NBA finals because they lost three straight to Boston, one game seven. Or no, they finished the season two and two and seven because they lost to boston one game Uh seven and then lost in five so yeah all right i mean that's that's a bizarre thing for to say for a team that was in the nba finals uh they lost Mm -hmm. a lot of games uh yeah i mean florida looked a little outmatched and then i mean once once chuchuk wasn't healthy this was 100% over right
0: yeah. And really, I think once, I, I don't know, it felt like, I mean, Vegas is just such a good team. Like Vegas, I think the issue is the Panthers kind of, we see this happen a lot, actually. It's its a weird thing where, like, I remember Montreal did this, where, like, they basically said, okay, we're going to just not make mistakes. We're just going to play safe hockey. And then once you make a mistake, we'll counter and we'll try to win that way. And we have a good goaltending. And that was their way they got to the Stanley Cup final. And then they played Tampa Bay, who's like, okay, we're also not going to make mistakes. And we're just more talented than you. And then, you know, that series was was over from the jump. Uh, You know, we saw we've we've seen it happen several times where this is the case. That was kind of the Panthers strategy a lot of the time was Bob was playing well. And they just sort of—they were a counterattacking team. Like they took advantage of Toronto's mistakes, especially. Uh, that was, you know, a, re- a real way that they were able to win. And you play Vegas, who just doesn't make a ton of mistakes, and uh, you know, capitalizes just as well as the Panthers do. And it was just, you know, Vegas. I I, I said kind of all playoffs long was never getting the credit they deserve. Uh, and you know, now they don't care about the credit because they had the Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, that Florida run was so special. We just forgot about Vegas mowing through everybody in the uh, West, right? Uh That's kind of what it felt like. Uh, Drew brings up an interesting point, too. Like, (laughs) the Panthers, equally like the Heat, you know, could have very easily just missed the playoffs entirely and made this run of the finals. So, it was just a bizarre postseason all around. Like, you expect it more out of hockey, but what a wild June. What a wild month.
0: Yeah, no, uh... Uh, absolutely absolutely insane and for the knights what you have six years in the league four conference championships two finals appearances and now a win uh, incredible stuff
1: that's going to be one of the best operations run in the league right
0: uh-huh. in, the, well, I mean, in one of the more ruthless yeah. ones too
1: yeah i mean it's impressive what they did i mean they keep accumulating talent they should keep this going for a long time
0: yeah, kind of cool. that Marsha Stall, got the Con Smythe too. Uh, you know, the uh, Panthers uh, gave him in the uh, expansion draft to Vegas. So, uh, yeah, and might have might have uh, like to have that one back if you're the uh, Panthers.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably fair. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah, but uh, uh, and I guess uh, I guess we gotta watch baseball now, right, Kyle? Uh,
1: yeah, I guess so. I was at a game on uh Sunday. That was fun. I uh, went to Red Sox Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Okay. Red Sox won an extra innings. So that was good. Were you wearing uh, a
0: Red Sox jersey?
1: Uh, I was wearing one of those shirt jerseys. I had a David okay. Ortiz one. Were well, so. you not?
0: I thought like I'd be a little nervous.
1: I, you know, there were some hecklers, but mm-hmm. nothing serious. There was actually a Red Sox fan worse than me in okay. front of me. So, gotcha. I, I was like, okay, they're gonna beat up that guy if anything. So I'm not too worried.
0: Right? Yeah, I think like I'd want at least—I like, don't know—bring bring like a jacket with me. Yeah, this and Red Sox over.
1: team's not very good. But, you know, uh-huh. it was fun to be there. And neither yeah. are the Yankees. so that, that lineup is rough, man. That lineup is difficult to watch.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, they scored uh,
1: two runs. What's
0: that? I was just going to say. Uh, I'll go- You go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, they scored two runs
1: in the game. Uh, I think off of only three or four hits. The first was they had a runner on first. And Billy McKinney hits this flare to right field. That bounces off the dirt perfectly and spins over the foul ball wall for a ground roll double, sits up second and third with two outs. Jose Trevino grounds one up the middle that bounces off second base and goes into the outfield for a base hit that drives them both runs. That's how they scored both runs in that game. <laughs>
0: it's g- great stuff. Uh yeah, Drew said, Jackson, you like the race? Yes, I like the rays. And the race have been they've been all right this year. What drives me crazy though is like there's this drives me way more insane than it should, but the stupid all star fan voting deciding who gets to be the starters <laughs> in the thing. You have like Wander Franco who's leading the league in WAR, who's currently not gonna be start the all star game. Randy Rosarena isn't gonna start the all star game because uh, you know, people are everyone in Canada is voting for all the Toronto players.
1: Uh, yeah, you, you got to galvanize those those Floridians to vote. Get them out and vote. Tell them it's like a presidential election. They'll be out
0: yeah well that that, that would work uh, yeah but we don't you know uh i don't know uh i think that i think most of the people in florida that watch the raise uh are already are voting i don't think that, i don't think that's moving the needle too much
1: yeah uh you guys are good you got a really good pitching staff you've hit the heck out of the ball shane mcclanahan's elite i mean it's hard to pick against you guys right now unless you're saying this pitching staff's gonna cool off i guess right what do you think of the uh the, the Cillian Murphy, Tyler Glasnow, uh look-alike thing.
0: It's been a thing I've heard. It's, it's been a thing for a while now. Yeah, I, I I guess I see it.
1: Uh, Yeah. I like Cillian Murphy. I like Glasno too, but, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Uh, I, I think he's one of his actors. Are. I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever watched a movie because of him.
1: I don't know. I really enjoy him as an actor. I think he's really good. I've enjoyed every movie he's been in.
0: Okay, well, lost. there you go. Uh, Ringing endorsement. Uh, and I like, I like Glass now too. Yeah, he's a good pitcher.
1: I'm glad mm. that he's healthy. That's the big thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, because, again, you think about uh, if if McC- McClanahan and Glass now are healthy and this offense can be as good as it is, I mean, that's, that's a team that could actually do something in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, if you, if you went through the deep minds of Google, you could probably find something from Belly Up Sports after his first MLB start where I said Shane McClanahan has Cy Young stuff.
0: Uh-huh. There you go. So,
1: uh, looks like, you know, a few years later, but it looks like I'm uh, I'm kind of smart.
0: Okay. Well, well, we'll see how it works. We'll see if the Red Sox can turn the season around. Uh, nope. Next week, we will be doing the uh, NFC edition of this show, uh, and we'll be uh, a deep dive into every single uh, baseball team and where they're currently at.
1: Can't wait. Let's get into it. Uh, looking forward to
0: next week. Yes. Okay. Of course, everyone. uh, Thanks for uh, watching or listening. We appreciate it. Until next time, have a good one. Peace.